My name is Peter Himmelman, Grammy and Emmy-nominated musician, author, and chief dream enabler of Big Muse. I'm proud to underwrite this episode of The Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf. Discover why companies like Adobe, 3M, McDonald's, and Gap have brought in Big Muse's rock and roll-fueled seminars to get inspired, to get insight, and to get activated. Write to me today at peter at bigmuse.com. Entrepreneurs, business owners, professionals who seek excellence, bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builders Show. Here's Marty Wolf. We still got a long way to go. Yes, we all got a long way to go. Welcome to the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf, the show for entrepreneurs, business owners, and business leaders. I'm Marty Wolf, your host for the Business Builder Show, and along with my executive producer, D.C. Taylor, we will be your guides on this learning journey. I'm proud to let you know we record this show in the studios of 94.3 FM The Talker, which is part of Bold Gold Media, and we are in my hometown of Scranton, Pennsylvania. The Business Builder Show is proudly distributed by C-Suite Radio. You can find the Business Builder Show and many other fine shows on C-Suite Radio. That is www.c-suiteradio.com. And that's S-U-I-T-E. You can also find our shows on iTunes, SoundCloud, and on my website, which is MartyWolfBusinessSolutions.com. DC, enough about me and us, I guess. That's right. Are we ready to introduce our guest? Yes. Do it. This is an honor to have John David Mann with us on the Business Builder Show. Hi, John. How are you? Good morning. It's great to be here. Thank you, Marty. Okay. Um, I'm going to read your introduction. Normally, I don't. Normally, I kind of wing it, but I want (laughs) to set the stage here. So, uh, audience, stay patient with me for a few seconds here. Again, we're speaking with John David Mann. And he is best known for his award-winning business parable, The Go-Giver, written with business thought leader Bob Berg in his New York Times best-selling military memoir, this is John David's man's work, The Red Circle with former Navy SEAL sniper Brandon Webb. Here's an important point. Listen up, folks. John doesn't publish books. He writes them. Someone else publishes them and markets them. Listen to this point, too. Now, for those of you, and that's probably going to be 99% of our audience who has read The Go-Giver by John David Mann and Bob Berg. He says in his intro, John sent the intro he sent to me. It says, but when more than 40 publishers passed on his latest manuscript, he was faced with two choices. Shelve it. Or take it on himself. The book that we're talking about, by the way, his new book, is The Recipe. John David Mann, again, welcome to the Business Builder Show. Now i got to ask this question right out of the gate. What the hell are publishers thinking about? (laughs) What? What? Why would they turn John David Mann down? For God's sakes, what's up? It's such a pleasure to come to Scranton this morning and share my my abject failures with you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's turn this into a positive, man. (laughs) I'll tell you, it it was a surprise to me, Um, you know, here and it just goes to show that, you know, I I had thought that uh, failure and rejection was uh, that I was done with those things, but they were evidently not done with me. Um, 
you know, here I am, uh, published, I published two dozen books, uh, two million copies, and not to toot my own horn, but I published a few titles, you know, there's a go-giver, you there's some New York Times bestsellers, and I kind of figured that I would get this book published. <laughs> I, um, I, we wrote the book with, with my buddy, Chef Charles Carroll, and uh, turned the manuscript to my agent, and she read it, and she called me up and was screaming and said, this is the best writing you've ever done. We're going to take it to New York City. It's going to go to auction. They're going to fight each other for it. You're going to get a seven-figure advance. None of those things happened. That's amazing. Well, one thing. Wait, well, tell me. Okay, why? Okay. <laughs> I'm so taking here, the bait. Why? What happened? So here's what they said. Um, uh, we, we brought it first to a few people that we know well, and we were sure would just you know be gobbling it. And, and here's what they said. They said, read the book. Oh, love the book. Such a poignant story. The, char- the young boy, Owen, and the old chef, so vivid, so real, as again, so poignant. The, the food scenes, the cooking scenes, just tantalizing. You can just you know, visualize them. They're so uh, crisp and real. The life lessons are so profound and will pass. And then the next people said the same thing. And then the third and the fourth and the fifth. And as you said in your intro, over 40 publishers passed. And here's what they said. We love the book, but we're not sure what category it fits into. It, it, it doesn't seem like a business book. Now, the, you know, the go-giver, it's funny because uh, Bob and I have both, Bob Berg and I have both trafficked in the business world for years. And, yeah, and we, we yeah. sort of conceived of that as a business book, but really we conceived of it as just a, a life book. Yeah. But if you look at the cover of the go-giver, it says a little story about a powerful business mm. idea. Yeah. It's Kind of like the Trojan horse. I mean, we yeah. put it out there as a business book. And, of course, people are using it in churches and synagogues and family counseling and with their kids and in schools and so forth. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a lot more than a business book. But but it did fit that category. Huh. These guys didn't think the recipe was going to work that way. Is it is it a cookbook? No, although the recipe is in it. At the is end, it, yeah. 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 Is it a YA book for young adults? Eh, the hero is a 14-year-old boy, but it's not, it doesn't fit in the slots. And publishers are a risk-averse folk. You know what this is like, Marty? It's like coming up with, a, with what you think is a great business idea and, and that you clearly see the need for it and the market for it because we do. Yeah. People who love personal growth – and food. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. How many people watch the Food Network? I mean, it's more than a few. Yeah. So, yeah. so you, you get this great idea for a business, and you see the market for it, and you go to angel investors or you go to whatever kind of investments. And by the way, publishers are simply investors. That's what they are. Uh, I write a book with Bob Berg. That's we're co-founding a business. The yeah. giver is a business, and our publisher is an investor. Got it. We couldn't find an investor because the investors all said. Love the business concept, but it isn't like anything else out there. This is just amazing to me. <laughs> it's just it's just amazing to me. Uh, that's why I probably, uh, you know, you and I have talked about something that I may do in the future, but I, I, I don't know. This is, this is kind of disappointing. Let's make sure that right now people uh, do get the title of the book. It is The Recipe, T-H-E, the, the, or the, however you say it, The Recipe, A Story of Loss, Love, and the ingredients of greatness. And your co-author of this is? Chef Charles Carroll, who is a multiple culinary Olympian gold medalist, executive chef of the River Oaks Country Club in Houston, Texas, one of the most prestigious and busiest country clubs in the nation, and a fascinating guy about whom I could spend our whole show just talking about him. 
But yeah, uh, yeah that's yeah. he's he's like my my next Bob Berg, my, my Bob Berg in the kitchen of the kitchen. <laughs> well, we're going to do our part to make sure that happens. I loved the book, like the publishers, but in fact, I I will buy it. I have bought it. I pre-ordered it. Now, again, we're you know kind of in the middle of, uh, but we this will be out. This is going to be released when, John? October seventeen. Okay, so if um, so if want people want to pre-order, they can. Where do you want them to do that? So there's a pre-order site. I mean, you can find any of my books at my site, johndavidman.com. Right. But we have a, a site set up just for this book where you can pre-order and get the bonus specials, video footage, and this and that. And that is theingredientsofgreatness.com. Theingredientsofgreatness.com. Okay. Um, so you're a busy guy. You write all the time. This is this is what you do. Um, yes. So you had a much bigger project than uh, you kind of signed up for. How did you find the energy to get through all this? How did you get this published? What does this look like at this point in time? Oof, boy, you know, it's, it's a great question because the, the world that we live in, with all the digital tools and platforms available, it is logistically totally, you know, so much simpler now to self-publish or to publish yourself than it would have been, say, 20 years ago yeah. uh, or even 10 years ago, even five years ago. This book is going to come out, Marty, in, in mid-October in ebook, in hardcover and an audiobook, just like a, quote, real book. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So logistically, and, and I, I know how to design. I've done book design. And, you know, uh, so that the, the, the production side of it was a project. But it's a fun project, and I, I had no challenge taking that on. But the marketing, the distribution, the yeah. promotion, the whole publishing side of it. Yeah. Ay, 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 That's like. That's a whole. That's a business. That's a whole enterprise. Yeah, that's a beast. <laughs> so, so to answer your question, how do we do that? Um, the first thing I had to do. This is back in the in the spring of this year when we decided to do this. So we had a six month lead time. Uh, the first decision I had to make was. Who am I going to listen to? And then, by, by definition, who am I not going to listen to? Uh-huh. If you go on Amazon and look up books on self-publishing, how to promote and sell and publish your own book, they're, yeah. they're like a billion titles. Yeah. Most of them don't know what they're talking about. Yikes. Okay. Uh, many do. Right. Many do. I don't have time to sort through yeah, them all. Yeah, how are you going to sort through that? Yeah. Nobody does. So I, I, I made my first order of business, and I would do this if I were starting any business. My first order of the day was to sift through what I know, who I know, ask around, uh, and do a little homework, and, and figure out who are is my sphere of influence, who are my circle of advisors, who's yeah. my board. Yeah. And I, I, bought, I got one book, one book that I trust. I paid 300 bucks to one consultant. Jane Friedman, one of the best in the business, best 300 bucks I ever spent. I would think so. Yeah. I leaned heavily on my friend Bob Berg, my friend Dan Clements, another author, and a few other authors I know. I, I made the acquaintance of a mystery writer in England who I admire <laughs> and learned some of his tricks of the trade. I ended up with about a half dozen key people who I leaned on heavily for their experience because they've done it and I haven't. Interesting. And everybody else... Everybody else, I just had to ignore. So you had to make strategic decisions. That's what you're describing. Mm-hmm. You're describing the business part of this. Exactly. Um, you you are obviously a skilled writer, um, but you had to get into the business part. Of it. I see in terms of the uh, acknowledgments, uh, one of the person you mentioned, uh, let's see here, he 
says, um, there's a quote from a gentleman by the name of Daniel Pink. He says, a timeless fable with guidelines for living that will last a lifetime. And again, that's from Daniel Pink, who is one of my favorite people on the planet. Ah, I love Daniel Pink. Prince of a man. Prince of a man. Yes. Yeah. And he's been on the show. Um, Ah. And I'm honored. I'm sitting here thinking, and you know what? A few months ago, John David Mann reached out to me. I'm, I'm like, I feel I'm on top of the world, man. This is great. You know, you know there's something that uh, that Pindar says to Joe in The Go-Giver. When Joe says, you know, he's kind of wondering how many people of Pindar's stature, this this famous mentor, yeah, the, yeah. The, you know, mentor to millions, uh, to millionaires, how many people like that would open their homes to a, to a stranger on a Saturday morning? And Pindar says basically something like, you'd be surprised how many people f- would freely share their secrets. And, and what Pindar doesn't say, but what I think he would say if you, if, you, if you gave him the time, is people like Pindar recognize someone who is hungry, who is authentic, who is real, who has a tiger by the tail, who has something they're passionate about, yeah. and they genuinely want to share it with the world. That's me. And so I, I got, you know, people like Dan Pink and, and you know, people like, like uh, Robin Sharma and people sure. like yeah. uh, George Foreman. Uh, former These are hitters. Yeah, literally. All kinds of folks George, to, to, yeah. to step up and say kind things about the book. Fantastic. Fantastic. So let's let's get to I, I really I was intrigued by that, um, that uh, your whole journey there. Let's get into the book. Um, how did you guys connect? How did Chef Charles Carroll and John David Mann connect? You know, it's funny because he tells the same story I just told about Pindar, but he makes me the Pindar. He says, it's funny how how your dreams can come true by reaching out to your favorite author. And he actually responds. Yeah. So, wow. uh, Charles was using the go giver as a management tool with his staff at the country club when he, he reached out to me through Facebook and said, Hey, you don't know me, but I, I love your book. And I thought, Whoa, that's cool. Yeah. A, an executive chef. Cause I love food. I love cooking. My wife and I cook all the time together. It's our favorite thing. To, one of our favorite things to do. Yeah. Um, he said, uh, uh, an executive chef using the go giver in the kitchen with his staff. I got to see this. He flew me out there. Uh, hmm. I gave a talk, a little talk at the, at the club about, uh, about the go giver. And while I was there, he told me this story. He basically pitched me. He told me the story idea he had. And you know, Marty, if I had a dime for every time someone said, hey, I got a great idea for a story, we should write it together. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he said that, and he told me his idea for the story, and I fell in love. I I gotta write this story. This young boy, 14-year-old boy, has just lost his dad. He's angry at the world. He's torn up inside. His life is circling the drain, getting in fights, about to be expelled from school, crosses paths with this unreadable, crusty old diner chef um, who he has to go to work for to pay back for an act of vandalism he committed. And at that point, it becomes basically the Karate Kid meets Master Chef. Yeah. (laughs) It started with a broken window. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) I'm Marty Wolf. Stay here for more with my guest, John David Mann. My name is Peter Himmelman, Grammy and Emmy-nominated musician, author, and chief dream enabler of Big Muse. I'm proud to underwrite this episode of the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf. Discover why companies like Adobe, 3M, McDonald's, and Gap have brought in Big Muse's rock and roll-fueled seminars to get inspired, to get insight, and to get activated. Write to me today at peter at bigmuse.com.
You know, as I was reading the book again, I'm going to give you a compliment. You're so skilled. I mean, to just keep uh, me engaged. I think I read it in an afternoon. I, 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 you know, I just kept. I couldn't put it down, kind of thing. So, uh, and absolutely, this is from my perspective. You're on the Business Builder Show. This is a book that should be shared with management teams, with people. Mm-hmm. This is a business book, as far as I'm concerned. Now, one of the quotes out of the book, um, the the chef character. Uh, in the book, it makes a statement, and, and listen carefully to this, folks. Here's the statement. Excellence is not greatness. Greatness is excellence plus honor. Plus honor. Give me a little more. Maybe give me the context of that. Tell me more about that whole statement. You know, this got an interesting genesis because – Every writer has a different process, but I know that for me, I often don't know what I'm writing about until I'm 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 like hip deep into it. Yeah. I I mean I know the the premise, I know the starting point, but but it's like with the Go Giver, you know these five laws of stratospheric success. We didn't know we we didn't have those when we started the book. We didn't have five anything. Um, yeah. They kind of emerged in the process, and and the same thing here. Excellence has always been a theme for me. It's always been something that, you know, as a musician, as a kid, as a cellist, as a composer, uh, I've always uh, really been, been a fan of the exquisite perfection of getting something just right. Oh, yeah. And that's what, you know, you mentioned my, my Navy SEAL sniper buddy, Brandon Webb. That's, you know, where, where he and I really connected because sure. that's, that's the hallmark of, of the whole SEAL cadre, right? Is yeah. The best of the best, perfection, excellence, yeah. excellence. But here's the thing. That I've discovered, um, you know, uh, when I was a kid, I had an ensemble I played in at the music school where I was uh, in New York, and we played the Brahms F minor piano qu- uh, piano quintet. I played cello, we had a string quartet, and and a piano. And the first violinist was this young kid from Hungary, prodigy, brilliant kid. Yeah. He would play a passage of music, and it was like listening to a wooden post. Nothing. <laughs> Because it was all in his head and all in his fingers and not wow. in his heart. Yeah. It was like he was a sweet kid, yeah. but the sweetness didn't get out to his fingertips. And, and, and that's kind of what we're driving at here. Yeah. You can create a business that generates massive profit, that does an exquisite job of producing and distributing its widget. And you know what? Good for you. But yeah. here's my question. Who does it touch? What difference does it make? What impact does it have on the world? What's the footprint it leaves? And, and wow. you know, yeah. this, uh, this has become a much more au courant thing to, to think about uh, in the last two decades is, you yeah. know, social, yes. social consciousness of a, of a business. It's, it's a much more paid attention to uh, value set in the business sure. world than it was perhaps 20, 30 years ago. Yeah. But that's like, yeah, excellence is great. I did a blog post once about excellence, and a buddy of mine commented on the blog and said, I don't agree. And I was like, what? <laughs> he said, hey, Hitler was excellent. Oh, I, I went, yeah. oh. Yeah. And I started answering him, and my answer was like all oh, like like the moonwalk and backing up and being defensive. And I, I, he had a point. <laughs> yeah. No, so good. it's like, yeah. what's beyond excellence? It's like, what's the purpose? Who are you serving? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. My guest is John David Mann. The book we're uh, referring to is The Recipe, a story of loss, love, and the ingredients of greatness. And that's what we're talking about. That whole idea of honor is really a theme that's running through the whole book, John. It really is. And it's interesting because, uh, you know, on the face of it, it's a story about the boy, the 14-year-old boy, Owen. And, and most of us aren't 
didn't lose our fathers at the age of 14 and we're not 14 year old boys, but we've all gone through loss. Yeah. You know, we've all suffered yeah. through, through tragedy or difficulty or struggle. So we can all identify with the boy. But if you turn it around and look at it from behind, it's also kind of the chef story. It's a really a, a story about mentoring. Yeah. And and what I loved about you know, as the story went on, it was easy to fall in love with Owen. From page one, I was sure. in love with this kid. Yeah, yeah. But as the <laughs> book went on, I started to get to know the chef. And he's got a story too, and he does not remain unchanged in the book. In fact, there is – in a sense, toward the end of the book, there's there's a lesson that he has to learn from the boy as well as the other way around. Yeah. And it really it, it comes it comes to honor that whole theme. You're so right. It really yeah. does. It's well, a theme through the book. And I didn't even know it was there until, uh, until yeah. we were well into it. Well, you kind of caught me off guard, to be honest with you. I mean, as I'm reading it, as I'm getting to the end, I go like, well, there's some different twists and turns here that I didn't expect, which yeah. is a, a good writer does. Um, you know, but it was really, really uh and it's a, it's a story of resilience and yes. faith. Um, yes. Is that okay to say? I, I, I saw that Absolutely. theme throughout, the whole idea of faith. I mean, but was yeah. again, like, I was kind of surprised to hear you say, like, well, yeah, we have this general idea, but you're kind of learning and, and, and applying as you go, as you're learning, as you're thinking. Like, walk me through your writing process. You know, you bring up the word faith, which is great because uh, honestly for me, and when I, <clears throat> when I say honestly, it isn't just a verbal tick, yeah. to be quite honest, <laughs> uh, for me, yeah. Uh, yeah. writing always involves uh, a significant leap of faith. I mean, I'll sit down. Yes, I've talked with Charles. He has this idea. He has the setup. He's written some chapters or some drafts or some scenes. And so we kind of know where, where we're starting and we have a sense of where the story is going in a broad sense. But I sit at that point, I sit down. It's the same with, with any book. I sit down with a black blank pad of paper and a pen wow. in my in my easy chair. I've got two different stations where I write. I got my desk with my computer where I do most of the heavy lifting. Yeah. But then off in the corner, I've got this this armchair with a little table by it, which I just draft it. I just sit there with a pad of paper, no computer, yeah. just me and a pen and a cup of hot tea. And I sit there with a pad and go, okay, now what are we doing? Wow. What's 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 coming? And it always is i used to get paralyzed at this point yeah. and a lot of people do i think. sure yeah yeah i used to get paralyzed by the intimidation of it and say ah man i have no idea what i'm doing i've learned enough not to get paralyzed instead i say to myself there's a story here i know it it already exists somewhere in the ether it is a leap of faith, but I will find it, or it will find me. And, and it is a leap of faith um, to, to, to just believe that this story is going to come out and be worth reading when, when I'm watching the sausages get made. <laughs> how, how does your musical background, or how does your musical background help in your writing, in that discipline that I think you just described? That's great. Uh, when I'm you know, crafting, a, when I'm revising a sentence or I'm taking a para paragraph and editing or moving it around, you know, there's all this wordsmithing stuff. It's all about words, uh, nouns, verbs, adjectives, adverbs, uh, articles, yeah. consonants, vowels, blah, 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 punctuation, too many commas, too little commas. But when I step away from that and when I'm thinking about the story, it's the, no longer about words. It's kind of this wordless uh, uh, sort of sense of arc and structure and drama uh, you know, a, a piece of music starts out. There's a, there's a conflict, yeah. uh, ba, 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 bam, whatever it is. It's a there's a conflict that gets resolved yeah. over the course of a lot of a lot of machinations and cycles. <clears throat> I think very much like a musician about mm. the story. There's a sort mm. of a structural arc to yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's not 
got nothing to do with words. Yeah, and this whole idea of creativity isn't some wild, crazy. <laughs> There's structure, right? Whether you're doing you know, a business or you're writing or you're doing a podcast is. or whatever. No, I have no, I have no structure. I'm just winging it here, but um, we seem to be having fun. <laughs> yeah. But you know, even when you're winging it, it's, it's. I mean, it's it's funny, but it's also so true that there is this dance. For me, it's true. There's this dance between. Like I have, I start to develop an outline and then I have this outline and then I'm following this outline, but then I have to let go of it and kind of go, so to speak, where the spirit leads. That could be the same thing with a business plan. I mean, you have this plan. You have this concept. This exact same thing is true for business. And I've started businesses and run businesses. Exact same thing. You get a feeling for what you're doing that maybe is beyond the specifics of the product or service or the language of your field. Yes. So again, listening to, we are speaking with, and you are listening to John David Mann. His book is The Recipe, A Story of Loss, Love, and the Ingredients of Greatness. We are on the uh, beginning stages on the Business Builder Show of sharing this book, which is is great and is going to make a dent in the universe. So a couple things. We need to start wrapping up. We need to start wrapping up. I believe that Chef Carl's, uh, yeah, Chef Charles Carroll, Chef Charles Carroll is actually doing a podcast, is he not? He he is he is he's such an entrepreneur it blows my mind yeah. we're in the middle of you know getting on podcasts and, and and radio shows and so forth and he says hey I think I should do my own <laughs> and then like a month later boom there it is well hopefully he interviewed you uh, if not I, I'll, I'll suggest I was the it first guest I was I was episode zero zero one and uh, you'll never guess what you never guess what his podcast is called it's called the recipe wow. Wow. So a marketing uh, company suggested that for you, huh? That was great. Um, so <laughs> let's wrap up by me asking you this. W- what's your metric for success? Huh? How do you know? What do you want? What do you expect? Talk to me about that in terms of uh, kind of your closing thoughts. You know, there's, I have two metrics as, as an author because every book I do is two things. On the one hand, it's a, it's a form of creative expression. It's like a, a window through which I'm going to push some words out and hopefully t- touch some lives. At the same time, every book is a business. And, you know, this is my, my family's future that I'm building. So it's, yeah. it's pragmatic and real. So in the business side, my metric for success is a book to be successful has to earn back its investment and then beyond that, generate a continuing income stream. I've published 24 books. They've all been successes as books. Yeah. They've all touched people's lives. They've all had an audience or readership. I'm proud of all of them. Only a minority have been successful at businesses. Most of them have been failures. Interesting. And that's just okay. I mean, if I had started 24 businesses, it would probably be a similar track record. And that's okay. I only need a few of them to be financially successful. So that's my financial benchmark for the book. My, my sort of creative or my, my, my spiritual or my emotional benchmark is, you know, is, is and this is going to sound corny, but every time someone contacts me, if it's on a show or it's on email or it's on social media or on, on the street and says, uh, you know, I got to the end and I was so choked up, I, I, I couldn't even see. It reminded yeah. me of my dad, reminded me of my kids, reminded me of what I'm doing in the world. It reminded me of to look at the impact I'm having in other people. That is the juice, my friend. That is the stuff. And that's that's uh, on the on the, the creative side of it. That's all the payment I'm looking for. Well, it did all of those for me. In fact, I did cry. And in fact, it did think uh, made me think of my dad. Um, mm-hmm. There's a military part of this, too, that I think uh, 
folks should know about. Again, I don't have time to go in deep in that, but I think that's yes. a, that's an important part of it. So anybody yeah. who likes those the whole military thought process, you'll definitely want to get the book, which is The Recipe, A Story of Loss, Love, and the Ingredients of Greatness. It's co-authored by Chef Charles Carroll and my guest, John and David Mann. So, John, thank you so much for being on the show, man. Appreciate it. Ah, Marty, you have taken me on flights of fancy. This was a lot of fun. Thank you so much. (laughs) You're the best, and it's really been an honor. So get the book, The Recipe, by Chef Charles Carroll and John David Mann. So thank you for listening to The Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf, reminding you that this show and many other great shows are available on csuiteradio.com. Thank you to our show sponsor, and that's Peter Hemmelman and his Big Muse program. Learn more about the Big Muse program at bigmuse.com. So on behalf of myself, Marty Wolf, and your your host, and D.C. Taylor, my executive producer, thank you for listening to The Business Builders Show. Bringing the business classroom to you, it's The Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf.